Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. Time now for the uh, morning panel. Joined today by former London City Councillor Roger Carancy and former broadcaster Bob Smith. Thanks you both for coming in today. Thank you. I think I'm a current broadcaster current right now. Bro- oh yeah, you know what? I, I was thinking when I was when I was doing this yesterday, like every single time Bob comes in, the intro is slightly different. <laughs> I have never settled on what to. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Some guy who talks. Uh, not to get too deep into it, uh, but uh, Bob is the, the official scorekeeper for our baseball team. Uh-huh. We call him the governor, so I'll just call you know the governor, Bob Smith. He's uh, Whenever any any team decisions need to be made. Everyone, there's a board of governors yeah. meeting. You're, you're the you're the. Where do they have them? They don't. Oh, it's they just, don't. It's a, it's a thing we do. Bob's position is an extremely important one because if Bob's not there, then I have to score the game, and I don't want to score the game. I don't want to score the game. No, he <laughs> just, he just wants to be a grocery checkout clerk. That's what he wants. To do. That's what he really wants. To See, do. Roger comes back all the time because he listens. Roger's been listening all morning long. I come back because you ask me to. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, let's... Um, Instead of coming back, well, maybe coming back, let's see if we can get some doctors to come to London. We have uh, 65,000 Londoners without a family doctor. The Middlesex London Ontario Health Team has requested $80,000 a year for three years. That's $240,000 from London City Hall to recruit and retain family doctors. Uh, Other municipalities do this. Uh, Hamilton, Sarnia, Cambridge come to mind off the top. There's more than just that. Should London join that list, Roger? Uh, you know, I, I think we've been doing it. I remember being on, when I was on city council, I, we, this problem's been ongoing for many, many years. And and what you do, and, and there was a story uh, in the press just yesterday, I believe, regarding Arcona. Um, and they had a doctor who left who was there for five years because they could only do so many years on these incentive plans. And the doctor left and they had to recruit somebody else, which they've gone and recruited. So they had a, a very large area of people that were not being served by a doctor. Um, it's not what you want the city to be doing, but uh, and that's more a provincial health ministry issue. But, um, you know, the city has to do something to help uh, help the, the community because of the fact if you're trying to attract more investment too and you have that many people without doctors, one of the things that new industry coming here wants to know is how do you how do you help people with uh, with those types of things. And I think it's uh, it's not a lot of money in the whole scheme of things. Uh, but if they can do something and if the, uh, the, the, the way they're going to do it is proven and has worked before, uh, then I think it's money well spent. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's $80,000 a year, $6,700 a month in a city of half a million people. It's not where the money ends up going. I, I'm just skeptical about it actually achieving its goal. I'm, I don't doubt that. I mean, I know you know people are having trouble finding family doctors. That have been for 30 years, but I'm just you know th- this is not based on. I'm sure these people have the numbers. I, I know more people personally who are now able to get doctors. Like friends have moved into London. They've retired, moved to London. They've been able to get a family doctor. Like they seem to be, it doesn't seem to be as much of a crisis as it was say even a decade ago. That's just, that's interesting. I mean, it's hard to know like of the 65,000 without a doctor, how many haven't looked? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. Because I don't know. Like like, I mean, some people, if not to blame those people, especially younger people, you know, you're not, a lot of people are just like, well, I'll just go down to the walk-in clinic. It's something, I got to get some antibiotics or something. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not the thing it was. You had to have a family. Do- I mean, sure, we've always had the family doctor, and I, w- I would recommend it, but some people don't. And, and I think those are very good questions to, 
to ask and and to have. Um, and and you know the money, as I said, it's not a large amount. I'd like to know what it's doing and how they're doing. That's it. You know, they're going to advertise. Yeah. They they're going to advertise in magazines. Are they going to, yeah. you know, actually go to somebody physically and say, well, "Here's some incentives we'll give you. We'll uh, pay a few months of your your um, uh, lease agreement, whatever place you you you'll be practicing." Various things. What are they doing with that uh, with that money? How many doctors can you get with two hundred? Well, that's my point. Sixty seven hundred dollars a month, like. You'd need that to be an enticement for one person to come here yeah. for a year. Like, I mean, but there, I just don't see – it's almost too little money. There, yeah. may, be, there may be some other things. And, and, you know, the province too used to have um, – If I'm, I remember when we had to deal with this. There were so many doctors per capita that, you, that they wanted to try to get you to have. I don't know what those numbers are anymore, but uh, if that's changed. So, it, you know, they're good questions that you put forward. Um, yeah, I think people do need doctors, obviously. And, and you know what? You, you brought a really good point up because I know in, uh, somebody in my family who, do you have a doctor? No, nah, I don't need one. Well, you, you, you kind of do. If that's the case yeah. of the 65,000, how many? That's that's a good, valid question to ask. Well, here's a question. Um, is it letting the province off the hook? I mean, this is not a municipal issue. This is a provincial issue. The province runs uh, health care. And we have in in rural areas, it's even worse than London. You know, rural areas are deeply underserved. Yeah. I mean, one of the things Sean Lewis said the other day, I thought sort of rang a bell with me. And that is that, you know, we are we're all out there kind of, you know, fighting for these doctors. Like we need to have more doctors in London. So we'll do things to entice that doctor from Arcona to come to London. Okay, now Arcona doesn't have a doctor. So now Arcona, with a much smaller budget, has to think, how do we lure people to come to Arcona? Yep. Like, what do we got? And so it's this, it's it's municipalities kind of like poaching each other's yeah. positions. Yeah. Well, they, the, the doctor they just got, I think, came from Zurich. Okay, well, so now, now Zurich's, Zurich's in trouble. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's a, you know, it's a... But it is a big, it's a big cascading effect. It's not, a, it's not a municipal issue. I like that municipalities do sort of have a hand in it because it's your city and you want you want it to be attractive to people coming to work here and that sort of thing. But again, I, I mean, a the amount that they're talking about to me seems so insignificant that I can't imagine that it would have any genuine effect long term in the number of physicians we have. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I think these people know a lot more than I do. But you know that's the one thing, and B, I just don't like the idea of everybody kind of. Like, I mean, I guess you have to. You got to. You got to scramble for these things. But I don't know. It just makes the next town do the same thing, and they take your guy, and you take their woman. It's like I don't know. It seems seems a provincial thing that has to be done from the top. We continue on with the morning panel, uh, joined this morning by Bob Smith and Roger Carancy. I want to. We'll continue to talk about money. Uh, a considerably a larger amount of money with uh, the Thames Pool. It'll be discussed later today at uh, London City Hall. There's a uh, a new staff report that says repair costs have quadrupled since March. And even then, it won't open until 2025 at the earliest. And even then, there's no guarantee that the repairs will last. And so uh, basically what we're talking about, like, uh, I'd, uh, spoiler alert to everyone who enjoys the Thames Pool. Long term, it's not happening. I, I, it hasn't been officially official, but I can tell you right now, the Thames Pool is not long for this world. What we're talking about is the short term before we can determine what comes after the Thames Pool. But should there even be a short term? Well, uh, first of all, how does something quadruple since March? <laughs> April, May, June, July. There's now four months since March. That's like it's it's doubling every every month of the year. You know, it's it's that's craziness. 
Um, I think you're right about the long-term future of uh, Thames, I mean, Thames Pool, it's it's just not in the right place. It's too close to the river. You got, you know, water underneath it. It's like things are off and whatever, because I'm an expert on these sorts of things. Um, <laughs> but like, ultimately, it has to go, I think. And it's sad because we used to use it a lot. And I, that was a really neat facility, you know, and they had they brought in the water slide and stuff, and it was fun. We'd take the kids there when they were grandkids. Anyway, it's too bad. It's too bad. But, I, I mean, it could still be used as a sort of a recreation, as a park. <laughs> So what I was I was talking to Scott or Frank yesterday, and she mentioned pickleball, which uh, is the 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 it uh, thing right now. But you know what, London, London needs more pickleball, oh, course, so why not? You're telling me, no, I've never played pickleball, <laughs> but more, I know people who do. <laughs> need more cowbell. <laughs> I, you know, it's I have a uh, personal attachment to the pool because that's where I went almost every day as a kid, uh, and it would be a long walk from home, but uh, it was a it was a fun walk along the river to get there. Um, and again, Bob, when I saw the numbers, I, you know, somebody really screwed up before from their pricing to what they are, what it is now. How does something quadruple in price in three, four months is beyond me. Uh, what that shows me is, I'm sorry to say it, but there's some incompetence in those who, who come up with these numbers. Um, because it, I don't think much has changed since uh, October. Uh, inflation is tending to trend downwards now. Yeah. Um, the cost of construction material is has gone high. I get that. I understand that. Uh, but are they going to do it a different or would they consider doing it a different way? I, I, th- I think the city has made it very clear they don't want to o- reopen or they don't want to use uh, 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 the Thames Pool Park used anymore. I think that's been made very, very, very clear. So the community out in that part of the city has to uh, decide uh, what they want to do with it now and how they want to go forward and uh, that's not for me to decide for them. That's uh, that's for the people around there. I mean, pickleball is you know, whatever, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I think you can you can do with that park. It's a beautiful piece of land when there's no water on it. Um, uh, so I think that uh, the community would be better served with with something else. Although I would hate to see the pool yeah, close. I mean, if, but if, it's if it was happen. say even the even the two two million plus estimate, like if that meant the pool's going to be good to go for another. 10, 20 years, I'd be like, do it. It's because it does serve a lot of yep. people, not yep. just in that area, like as you say, you yep. know, people from all over the city used to use. But if it's just if it's doomed, it's doomed. It's doomed. Yeah. So let's move on. I'm getting I'm getting like flashbacks to the Blackfriars Bridge debate because it's yeah, always yeah. been you know it's always now theoretically now we're in a spot where long term it's in a better area where we've got you know like fifteen twenty years whatever the case might be maybe longer. Uh, for black, I don't have the report in front of me for Blackfriars Bridge, but there was a long period of time there for like you know five, seven years where we were closing it, repairing it, opening it, closing it, repair. Like is this, we can't have that cycle go on and well, on. We were using, pool. I think, planks. We were using wood for the the, the bridge. I mean, yeah. wood, and then you spread salt on it in the wintertime. That's not very helpful. You're saying that's not a good combo. It's not no, like a long no, range. No, way. no. Well, it doesn't, doesn't make the doesn't make the wood taste any better. <laughs> Here's the question, though, for the for the Thames Pool. I mean, forget the report, and you know, figuring. Oh, wait, it's going to quadruple in size. Like ten years or so ago, we did like a big. Uh, or however many years ago we did uh, redesign for the pool, and that's when this seems to have really because this pool is like a hundred years old, and it's the location hasn't changed. Now climate change, whatever, might be a factor, but to, like, what did we do ten years ago that really affected this the, this pool? I think possibly when they rebuilt it, it wasn't 
rebuilt to a standard that should have been built at that time. Uh, so can you get there? Yeah, you could. Uh, do you want to spend the money? It doesn't seem like they want to. Uh, and they want to do something else uh, w- with the pool. So, you know, it, it is, I think, believe in a floodplain. Uh, we know that. Um, they're, they're, getting, they're doing a few things out there. The new bridge that's going in right, uh, right in front of it is happening right now. But again, I wish the city would just come out and say we don't want to reopen this pool. Um, yes, they're they're trying to appease the people in the area by saying, well, what do you want? Uh, would you want us to, to redo this again? And I think the city's making, again, very clear that uh, staff don't want to spend the money on, on that pool. Having said that, if it was designed properly, it probably could last forever. But that's a very, very big price tag, I think. Anybody who's watched the uh, Mummy movie knows you don't disturb it, right? <laughs> like the thing was fine for 100 years yeah. and then got in. Now you've you got wake this, it up. You've got a monster on your hands. Uh, real quick, before we run out of time, um, this is money uh, spent well, I think. I'd like to see more of it. Uh, there's a new uh, mural up on the side of Budweiser Gardens on the Dundas side of the uh, proposal from Johnny Ca- Cash to June Carter. If you haven't seen the mural, it looks great. Uh, could be something I'm thinking when we have people come downtown, then we'll take a picture of it, maybe a picture underneath, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, should we be doing more stuff like that? I've long believed we should have a London sign similar to what they have in Toronto with the Toronto sign. They tried to do that right out front of uh, just a block away from here uh, between the roadway. Uh, the city oh, that did little, that London yeah, sign. It's, in it's insignificant. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people miss it. It's lit on one side and on but the other side it's... Uh, but see in the middle of the road. Like you can't take yeah, a picture. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know where you'd do it. I Red just think we've been square. underwhelming about the way we've done these things. Obviously the Stonehenge thing out by the airport, so just you drive by. It's like, what's that? But you're right. Like I, I love the idea of this Johnny Cash, June Carter thing. I mean uh, there's all these criticisms. Well, it didn't happen there. Well, it doesn't matter. The place it happened in was a velodrome until recently, and nobody's yeah. driving out there to check out the yeah. artwork. That's are perfect. they going to explain what what it is? And again, they I don't have, mind. I like the fact that it's it's I think, there. I think people because it happened in the '60s, I guess. Like, yeah, '68. Um, it's like so many people weren't even around then. Yep. But it's an important kind of event. It was a big event. Well, it's part of London's musical. Well, Johnny Cash had a big history here. I yes. mean, his uh, manager yeah, was Saul from Hollis. here. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, I, do you remember when? Uh, one of the, uh, the the large bank uh, or trust companies in London had him as their spokesperson. Yes, he was the <laughs> when they opened, started the ATMs. Yeah, the ATMs, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash I that's the line. what it was. Yep. Yep. But uh, no, I mean there, but there is that connection. But there's lots of other musical and and artistic connections, and we should be celebrating those. And and if you don't like it, tough. Like I don't care. I think it's great. It's a it's a brick wall. So now it's something interesting. Yep. Let's do that. Yep. Let's I, do I'm, f- that. I'm fine with it. Add some more color, quite literally, to the city. Absolutely. I just can't wait till they put the Devin Peacock poster on the city center building. Well, we don't want to drive that uh, away. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I didn't. I'll be the guy painting the mural because no one else is going to do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll chip in for the paint. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to you both for coming in. We need to take a break. We come back. More of The Morning Show with Devin Peacock on 980 CFPL.